Welcome back for part two of our uh, chapter six podcast, looking here at the uh, peripheral civilizations um, in the classical era. Uh, we're now going to take a look at Mesoamerica, and we're going to see uh, two major civilizations here, the Mayans, which you've probably heard of before, and uh, the, the people of Teotihuacan, you might have heard of that. And uh, we'll also see time-wise whether we'll look at the Andeans here uh, and the, what's going on in the Andes, or we might leave that for uh, another podcast. So we'll see where we get to at the end of this one. Um, but one big thing to note between these two regions of Mesoamerica, where you can think of like Mexico and, and going down to the, the north part of South America and then South America, is that there, there aren't any major connections in trade. And this is because trade routes work much easier and uh, sending goods and stuff work much easier going uh, east to west than north to south. Uh, partially because of the climate change that happens, the variances that happen between those, and just that there, there aren't any great rivers running through things. Uh, whereas even in, in Egypt, where you have things going north-south, there's, there's a great river there in the Nile River. You don't necessarily have that here in, in the Americas. So um, the, the other couple things to know with the Mesoamerica, the farming doesn't have grains, doesn't have everything that we see over in, in Eurasia and in Africa. Uh, instead, their focus is on maize, beans, uh, chilies, and uh, squash. And uh, we're going to see kind of a common theme that human sacrifice is, is okay and actually uh, a common practice here. So uh, first off, the Mayans, uh, they're come about around 2000 BCE. Uh, so before this uh, even time period that we're in uh, started, uh, they're based around Guatemala and the Yucatan Peninsula in, in Mexico. And um, their major city is El Mirador. Uh, they had priests that were also kind of mathematicians and they created a complex math system that had zero in it, which zero we don't think is a major concept, but it's 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 a big deal because it's tough to represent a, a the nothingness of something with a with a number. So uh, they come up with zero just as well. Uh, we don't see this in Eurasia until the the Guptas. Um, so uh, this allows then for uh, better astronomy, which is then why we had a calendar that said the world was going to end a few years back. And hey, we're all still here. So. Uh, either they weren't that accurate on their calendar or we, we misinterpreted it, more the latter than the former. Um, their writing system uh, is very similar to kind of what you could say is the Egyptians in that it's hieroglyphics or pictographs. And uh, it then worked out to be a phonetic alphabet, though. Uh, so similar to our alphabet where the letters or the symbols would make sounds. Um, they also had a, a history that went with their writing uh, to tell their, their ancestors and what had happened. They had astronomy, and they wrote about what was going on with the stars, and they had a religious text there to, to help them uh, regulate what they, what they believed. Um, they also, on their buildings, would decorate them highly with uh, murals and carvings uh, to um, kind of showcase things, and uh, they also... Uh, would uh, increase the farmable area or the aggregable area by um, draining swamps, uh, using uh, terraces, uh, flattening the land, uh, whatever they could to, to make it more productive, which is going to work out really well for them to begin with. It's going to help them bring in more, more farmland and make it highly productive, uh, but it's going to backfire if they, they, when they run out of uh, constant rain or when the, the land becomes less um, nutritious and, and farming goes down. Uh, within the Mayans, there doesn't seem to be a, a central state. Uh, there's lots of war between the different city-states within it, and uh, the war is mainly to get uh, prisoners to, to sacrifice them to the gods to, to keep things 
going and to keep the guys ple gods pleased. And this is kind of similar to what we saw in Sumer and Greece, except for the, the sacrificial part. Um, most of the states declined or were wiped out, uh, mostly because of the drought. And because of that drought, uh, farming wasn't as good. Without farming being as good, people are going to starve. And so the population drops by about 85%. And many of those large cities are deserted. Now, this doesn't mean the Mayans went away. They, they are still around. They're still around as a people today. Uh, they will last. They'll be through the Aztecs. They're going to help fight against the Aztecs in some ways uh, when the Spaniards come. So don't think that they're, they're completely gone, but the, the civilization does collapse. Then in Mexico, we have Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan comes about uh, about 500 years after the Mayans started to come about. And uh, it's mainly around one city named Teotihuacan, which is a huge city. They got some uh, two giant step pyramids uh, to the moon and the sun. And uh, they had a population of somewhere around 100 to 200,000 people in 500 CE, making it one of the biggest uh, cities in the world, the, definitely the largest in the Americas. And uh, they had some magnificent architecture. Again, I brought the, the two temples. Um, and uh, they had many more temples than that. There are uh, a lot of kind of step pyramids going on. Uh, some of it's believed to have been ways to track the stars or to track what time of season it is to, to help with planting. Um, these were all, again, decorated with, with very intricate murals and carvings. Uh, but there's little arts of the leaders left, so we don't know if they were how important they were in the society. Um, and we don't, we're not necessarily so sure about the government. Uh, we do know what happens is, uh, well, roughly what happens is they start to disappear around 300, 600 CE. Um, actually, sorry, that that's when they, uh, get to be kind of the, to, to reach their height is 300, 600 CE. They go around conquering and controlling large areas, but, uh, around 600, uh, things start to, to go poorly. Uh, we don't know exactly why the collapse happens. Again, it could be something similar to the Mayans with the drought coming in, causing uh, problems, uh, leading to a lot of dying. But uh, there was some uh, burning in the city. Uh, this isn't something in the textbook. Um, but uh, there, there are some major uh, um, possibly riots or, or people came in and conquered them and kicked them out. But we don't have good enough records to, to make anything on that. Um, with the time that we have, we're going to go into the Andes now. So uh, looking at the Andes, just south of uh, those guys in Mesoamerica, uh, we have uh, several civilizations coming up, the Chavin, the Mochi, and the Wari, and the Tiwanaku. Uh, these guys are all slightly different, but they're all in the same area. Uh, and one of the big things they all have in common, though, is there's no writing system that they come up with. Again, these guys are all using something uh, known as the kipu, which are these knotted strings to record what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't leave us a, a good system to know how to know what it's saying, so we don't know exactly what the kipus mean or what they're showing. But uh, there's some ideas that just tracks numbers and how much what you have in storage and things like that. Um, the Shabina, the first one that we go into in the in the textbook there, and they're from 900 BCE to 200 BCE, and um, they have their uh, own uh, religion there, uh, different from what we see in Mesoamerica and other areas. Um, and their main city, uh, or the main uh, religious center is uh, Chavin de Huantar, and um, that's where they kind of do a lot of their, their main rituals. Uh, they focus on trade uh, around uh, the coast and the Amazon, um, or they're, they're the trade between the, the center of the trade between the coast and the Amazon, sorry. And uh, they have a hierarchy uh, with... Uh, we can see it in their cities in that, uh, or towns in that the elites are living in these uh, very good stone buildings. 
um, while the commoners uh, are living in more uh, adobe buildings, so mud brick uh, kind of buildings. Uh, but they don't really have an empire. Instead, they were a religious, uh, you could maybe say a religious empire or a religion linking a group of people together um, that, that guided uh, the people spiritually and then also kind of um, as, as, I guess we could say as a civilization, but not a clear civilization like we see in the rest of the world at the time. Um, the next one is the Mochi. Uh, they're from about 100 to 800 CE, and they're in northern Peru. Uh, they started to grow maize, beans, squash, um, and they, they fish a lot of anchovies from the sea. And they had warrior priests to, to govern them. So, again, we see this religious connection here. Uh, and they lived on, uh, they would build pyramids uh, that they uh had the priests living in it and to, to show their top and their their that they're on the top of society and things like that um they would also sacrifice their warriors um or sorry not warriors but the prisoners of war uh like we see with the mayans and uh they would have elaborate burial ceremonies and uh they they had better craftsmanship because they valued that because they went into um chambers and well I can't necessarily say that, but um, their civilization at least had uh, highly specialized craftsmen um, to, to help them build it. Uh, the, and then uh, around the 8th century, uh, they just kind of disappeared, most likely due to economic problems and outsiders coming in uh, and, and pushing them out or, or weakening them. And then the last one, major group here to, to look at here, uh, is the Wari and Tiwanaku, and they're from about 400 to 1000 CE. Uh, the Wari are in the north uh, in the Andes, and the Tiwa uh, are in the, the Tiwanaku are in the south. And um, they both would store surplus uh, food in the granaries. Uh, they uh, would use llamas uh, to as caravans um, for trade uh, and getting stuff to the coast or getting stuff in inland. Uh, they both used pottery and um, made textiles out of the uh, furs uh, and... Uh, this style of um, uh, textiles and pottery would be spread throughout all the Andean regions. And uh, the Wari lived, though, more on a hillside or, or focused on farming on hillside terraces, while the Tiwanaku uh, created raised fields uh, in swamps. So they would fill in the swamp and, and, and grow on top of that, both very fertile areas. Um, the, the Wari then are living more in the mountains because um, they're terracing it, making it uh, possible to do that. And... Um, the Wari also set up a, a road system uh, to link their civilization together. And um, with these two, although they're around at the same time, you might think, hey, they might try to invade each other's areas. Uh, they kind of stay separate into their own kind of quadrants. And so you, we see little warfare between the two of them. Uh, so uh, fairly peaceful from what we can tell, but uh, most likely there were probably some conflicts that, that arose. Um, and that's kind of everything in the Andes. This is going to set us up then. Uh, for the next um, unit, Unit 3, and going into Unit 4, when we get into the Spaniards and the Europeans coming to the Americas, uh, where we get the uh, Aztecs and, and the uh, Incas. Uh, we'll be seeing those guys next uh, when we look back at the Americas in, in Unit 3 and Unit 4.